us to write and move everyone into sync. It's like syncopation. So eventually I was able to figure out Jacob's audio in the right places. Me and you, it's pretty easy to do, but Jacob's was a little harder for some reason. Speaking of syncopation, mystery of the blues. <laughs> do you all remember that? <laughs> That's right. I'm Tyler, De- I'm Tyler Dennering. <laughs> and I'm Connery Hansen. And today we're talking about Mystery of the Blues. Mm, you Again. have it. I have it. We all have it. <laughs> we all have the mystery or the blues? Both. VHS copies of Mystery of the Blues. Hidden in your parents' garages. Uh, we're not talking about Mystery of the Blues again, unfortunately. Um, which I just noticed is our least listened to episode of all time. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> but I'm still going to root for it. Go listen to it. It's important. But, uh, we have a lot of interesting things to say about it. We don't gripe and groan the entire time during Mystery of the Blues. Yeah. We sound both intellectual and we solve many world problems in that episode. So but you better go check it out. We really, really do. It's, it's an important episode. It needs to be listened to by everyone. <laughs> it's not an important episode for this podcast, but just podcasting as a medium. Exactly. And I think a lot of people are understanding that. And the eight people who listen to it do. <laughs> They have become the Crystal Skull aliens in Crystal Skull. They are on a higher plane of existence. And Just spinning around <laughs> in a circle. <laughs> Forever locked in the annals of another dimension. If you wonder why I'm vamping on the wrong episode for so long, it's because we'll probably get nine views on this one. Because <laughs> the substance to this, I would argue, is less than even Mystery of the Blues. <laughs> maybe less substance, but maybe more enjoyable. Yeah, I will say that I got more more funny juice out of this than uh, Mystery of the Blues ever really gave me. Mystery of the Blues is yeah, boring. Not much of a laugh riot there. No. I expect to be uh, slapping my knee and like cackling a little bit more, just having fun, and neither happened. Like, but, you're, you're uh, yawning right now. You're excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, <laughs> it's been a busy week, but we are talking about superhero movie today. 2008 superhero movie, surprisingly not directed by the, the um, filmmakers who also brought you the Starving Games, which we have covered. <laughs> but they're tangentially related because this movie is produced by David Zucker, who directed uh, Scary Movie 3 and 4. Hey. But he didn't direct this movie either. Um, <laughs> but actually, have you, uh, have you uh, seen like Airplane, Connery? I have seen Airplane. Yeah, so like the Zucker brothers, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know, but they directed Airplane and like Top Secret and just like a bunch of spoof movies, like all the Naked oh. Guns. Okay, that's fun. So there's some points in this movie that like felt a little bit more like that. Yeah. <laughs> but like I said, he didn't direct this. He just produced it. Mm. Director, no, no. <laughs> the director is Craig Mazin, the showrunner and creator of chernobyl hbo's chernobyl (laughs) and that's why we have all the horrific body horror that happens throughout this movie and (laughs) the dark ruminations of a government unwilling to admit it made a mistake and (laughs) bureaucracy and hazmat suits no yeah i i I am still shocked that it is the same man who i I watched all of chernobyl when you told me that and then i watched this movie and i'm like I mean, people contain facets and are unique and special. And obviously, this man has different portions of his personality where he... Yeah, watching this movie, I was just thinking the whole time, like, I hope he's, like, having a good time making this movie. Because otherwise, it just... Because now, knowing that he, like, made Chernobyl, 
Mm-hmm. I, and I'm just like, like, hopefully he wasn't just doing these movies just for a paycheck and he he was having a good time because like Chernobyl's so good and like I'm really glad he made it and mm-hmm. I'm not trying to like be like, uh, you made dumb movies, but like <laughs> they're just so different. No, it's just like so we're like like. He obviously has an immense talent, and yeah. and then like superhero movies, like okay, I can I can only imagine that he did it for fun and maybe a funny goof, and he must have been, he must have had fun. I mean, for all we know, maybe he'll listen to this and send us a wonderful email to franchise <laughs> yeah. at gmail.com and be like, yeah. like, I did not have fun, and you guys are boners and idiots. <laughs> definitely boners um but i hope hey craig mason if you hear this we'd love to talk to you about a superhero movie yeah honestly though like it's just your career is very fascinating and we'd love to talk to you this is never gonna happen i'm definitely interested at this point i I want more information yeah there's definitely some gaps to fill like information wise in the timeline uh he also wrote all the uh, hunger games all the hangover movies this man is very special i yeah i I need to see more of this person <laughs> he wrote scripts for the joker himself Jeez, louise <laughs> he contains multitudes yeah i like well, that that's good yeah so you know we're just going through all these parody movies because i think in a way they're a franchise in themselves all these like mid early to mid to <laughs> i mean surfing games is in since 2013 but most of them were in the 2000s and i feel like this one is even like running out of style at this point yeah it definitely feels like the end of it's creeping towards the end uh, the starving games is like it's the body's in the coffin and it like vibrated for a minute and (laughs) then stopped yeah for the record this movie did make a profit it was shot for 35 million dollars and it made 71.2 million dollars per wikipedia (laughs) well i should probably do this under box office mojo or something but Wikipedia, who cares? It's fine. I'm not writing a college essay anymore, Mom. <laughs> Mom. Who's also my professor. Take that, professors, at college me and Tyler both went to. <laughs> yeah, where both of our moms taught <laughs> our parody genre class. <laughs> parody genre class. <laughs> um, But yeah, this movie cost $35 million, and I will say, like, it's a parody movie, but it's almost like the kind of movie where it's like, because I think this is the first thing Craig Mazin directed, but... Oh, no, he directed something else before this, but it was uh, another parody movie, I think. But anyways, uh, like, the money the money shows, I think. Like, yeah. some of the scene, Like, this movie just follows... Like, what, you're probably wondering why we're doing this with the Spider-Man trilogy. It's because most of the scenes in this movie, it's like a direct parody of Spider-Man 1. It mimics the story, like, verbatim, pretty much. Yeah, to the point where you just feel like you're watching the same movie again with, like, a, slow, a lower budget. But yeah. c- considering that, it looks pretty good. <laughs> and but whether it's funny or not, that's a different thing. Yeah. Drake Bell is interesting in this movie. I feel like if you give the guy more to do, he has substance maybe to him possibly. I, I feel like he's been denied that his entire, like, professional acting career outside of Drake and Josh and all that. Yeah, what else is he in, really? Like, Josh Peck has gone on to, like, be, like, uh, like The Wackness. I like that movie a lot. Oh, yeah? Um, he's in, he's been in some good stuff, you know, throughout the years, but I can't really think of anything Jake Bell's been in. I know he does more music. He's done, like, a big bid. His constant, like, thing, he was, like, knocking on doors. It's always, or it used to be on comp my all my comic uh, news things all the time, and he's, like, 
please God, let me be Mark Grayson in Invincible. Like he wanted to do the voice of him or play him just so desperately. And you know what? If it was a like animated series and it's going to be made into an animated series on Amazon soon, but I'm like, I could see him as the voice of Mark Grayson. I'm like, that's cool by me. Drake Bell can do that. Connor, you may not know this. Oh, this doesn't mean anything to me. I don't know what it means, but he voices young Master Arrakis in Kingdom Hearts 3. Master Arrakis? Is that his name? Do you, do you know who that is? No. <laughs> oh, I thought you, I thought you loved uh, Kingdom Hearts. I love Kingdom Hearts, but can you maybe, is there an image of the character there that I can draw from more? Is there from Kingdom Hearts like 1, 2, 3, Chain of Memories, 365 Days over 8? Apparently Mark Hamill voices uh, Big Boy Arrakis, not Young Arrakis. <laughs> I'm probably saying his name totally wrong, and like the people who play Kingdom Hearts, are like, oh, you're doing it wrong. I'm a, I'm a little bit of a Kingdom Hearts purist, where I just played through one, two, and three, and then I watched extensive YouTube videos of the middle stuff that happened to kind of get myself caught up. And even then, I was like, I, I don't know what's going on. He looks quite a bit like a samurai kind of guy. Oh, okay, know. okay. I know this is. I know this is. I know this is. He has like a ponytail, okay. and he looks. He looks very. He has like a must like beard, goatee. Kind yeah, of thing. mustache and like a bluish hair. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I know who this is. Yeah. That's cool. Well, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think Kingdom Hearts would become involved in this. Oh, don't worry. We're going down a wiki hole. Good. Um, but yeah, Drake Bell, like, I don't know. I loved him on The Amanda Show. And, like, I don't think he just had as much success uh, in the acting realm. And yeah. this movie just feels so late 2000s because it's like, who can we get in this movie that, like, people kind of know? Oh, yeah, Drake Bell. And, like, it made money. Like, people knew him enough to, like, maybe go see, like, a parody movie, you know? Yeah. And, but, I, uh, and I I like him. Like, it's really kind of a bummer because, like, I, I have always I always did like Drake Bell. I, th- I thought he was really, really cool. I, I mean, I think he's really cool. He's still around. But it's just, like, I really wish that he was maybe taken a little bit more seriously or had a little bit more opportunity to do stuff that's more interesting. Yeah, that being said, like, <laughs> there's so many <laughs> shots in this movie that are him reacting to things that he's just, like, making the same confused face every time. And I'm like, because just because I've seen so many of these parody movies at this point, <laughs> it's definitely just, like, I don't know. It's, like, it doesn't always work. And that's not really his fault completely because, like, some of the jokes just aren't funny. But he's always just, like, putting his arms up and, like, squinting his nose. Like, what? Like, whenever anything crazy happens. Yeah. But he could have just been told to do that, like, literally. I feel like yeah. a lot of this stuff, he's just being told to do something and react in a certain way, and he does it. Um, yeah, I'm going to go through this one, then. Mm, I like that. Good. But, uh, yeah, this whole movie just starts off just like the beginning of Spider-Man 1, where mm-hmm. he says, he goes on, he's trying to get on the bus, and he's like, this is about a girl, just like any great story. But then he, like, hits his head a bunch on the bus because <laughs> it stops and just whacks him in the head a bunch. I'm like, okay, I kind of like this humor. Yeah, <laughs> just really stupid, and then <laughs> he's just like walking through the bus. He's like, "Not that girl," and it's like a girl with a unibrow. And then he like stops. He's like, "I don't even think that is a girl." And it's like, "Oh, great!" Yeah, transphobic <laughs> like, trans- joke right off the bat. Transphobic Perfect. humor. <laughs> this is this is so great to start off the movie with. Yep. Uh, but um, yeah, and then he just goes up, and it's a Mary Jane equivalent. Yeah, and Kevin Kevin Hart is his is his buddy in high school and like i think at this point kevin hart's like in his 30s <laughs> kevin hart is like the techie in this or he's like yeah. so it's played out to be there's almost like i feel 100 there's a draft of this script where 
Kevin Hart is supposed to be his partner in crime, and he's his techie and in and kind of like on the sidelines while Drake Bell is in the field, and they threw that part away, but just kept a lot of the technological bits because they thought it was funny. Yeah, because he's like listening. <laughs> There's so many like 2008 jokes that were even like dated then. I think. <laughs> yeah. But it's like he's like drinking out of a juice box that says "I juice," so it's like he's like <laughs> drinking out of an iPod. Mm. It's like okay, and then he's like I pick, and he's like picking boogers out of his nose with it he's like dual wielding bluetooths in either ear yeah it's a lot but it it's kind of fun like they're parodying uh mean girls but kevin hart points out all the different groups he's like the emos i'm like yeah emos (laughs) was that your group tyler i wish i I was so lame that i wanted to be emo (laughs) (laughs) but i didn't have the courage to be emo And then he's like, the Frodo's, and it's just a bunch of people dressed as Frodo Baggins, and I thought that was actually kind of funny. Yeah, it's good. But that's all I wrote down. I don't remember the other ones. There was somebody, like, punches people off screen, and Kevin Hart tries to get with their group, I believe. Oh, right, yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, I don't know. They show up at the lab just like in Spider-Man 1. Mm -hmm. And, what, Drake Bell takes a picture of a bird, and it catches on fire. It's like, oh, be careful of our animals like they're really combustible or something it's like yeah they're okay. sensitive to light and then he yeah. has his flash on and it, it bursts into flames and it's after like the blonde girl the love interest says oh i love this bird and drake Bell sets it on fire <laughs> yeah i think the most important scene part of this scene is that the villain shows up lou landers which is i guess a parody of norman osborne but like Not. the name itself isn't like <laughs> Am I missing something as a pun in the name? Lou Landers, like, was alliterative? Yeah, because his name is, like, what, Rick Riker, I think, instead of Peter Parker, Rick yeah. Bell's character. Mm-hmm. There's just, like, a few jokes in here that, like, pun-wise, I feel like uh, Joseph Horn, if you're out there listening, <laughs> he would not appreciate He is not listening to this, I guarantee you. <laughs> <laughs> and, Joe, if you Joseph are, you has... can send me an email or a text and be like, fuck you, I am listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, my friend uh, Joseph, who I just doxed with his last name, your friend. Uh, yeah, not your friend at all. I've known him longer. Yeah, I didn't right. go to elementary school with him. Uh, middle school. <laughs> um, our good friend Joseph loves puns. I feel like I feel like I have a share a special pun bond with Joseph. That's why I said my friend. You guys absolutely do. Yeah, he'd be a little disappointed by the puns in this. Yeah, but. <laughs> I think the only thing funny that Lou Andrews does in this, who's played by Shooter McGavin, by the way. Actor's name, I don't remember, but Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore. Right. You all know who he is. You know the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> he, like, is coughing. He's, like, trying to do an announcement. He's coughing and he coughs up blood. And someone's like, are you all right? He's like, yes, this is healthy blood. <laughs> like, I really laughed really hard at that. I did think that was yeah. funny. <laughs> but then uh, Drake... Bill shoots himself with pheromones or something on accident, and all the animals start like trying to hump him. Yeah, he falls in dog shit, and then he... oh right, it's just very. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's not that funny. I did a lot, chuckle a little bit when a snail was just like this CG snail was like, "Hold him down for me," <laughs> and it's just like it's just more evidence that these movies I'm glad aren't made anymore. <laughs> yeah, and some of these jokes I'm like hoping that like the director didn't like. I mean, he wrote the script, too, but I feel like some of the jokes in this, like, feel very, like, suckery, but, like, just not as effective, (laughs) and hopefully this was one of them, I guess, to take the blame off of, but whatever, (laughs) whoever the fuck made this movie, it's their fault. It's their fault. (laughs) Not cool, man. Oh, boy, what happens next, Tyler? (laughs) 
I don't know. The movie ends. It's over. <laughs> Goodbye. Good. This is our shortest one ever. 17 minutes. He gets bit by a radioactive dragonfly. I forgot about that part. Yeah. And he becomes a dragonfly. And his dad, or his uncle Ben, is played by, played by Leslie Nielsen yep. of, <laughs> of Airplane fame. Mm-hmm. But uh, He's funny in this. Yeah, he is like the best part probably. Just like he's the most consistent. He just goes and does his work. Yeah, I like when uh I think it's the second time Peter comes home to confirm that or not Peter, Rick comes home to confirm he has superpowers and and Leslie fires a nail gun and Peter, oh, and, yeah. and Rick catches it and he says, Oh, it's no big deal. He's easier than looks. So he just fires it at Kevin Hart's head. He says, No, it's not <laughs> Yeah. I did laugh real I, I did there's, there's a couple parts in this movie that I actually laughed. Like mm-hmm. that was pretty funny. Like I love physical humor like that. He just shoots him he just shoots him in the like leg with a nail. <laughs> no, it's not. And he's like, ah <laughs> And the fact that like, Kevin Hart and him just like hang out together all the time apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uncle Ben uh, equivalent and Kevin Hart just yeah. chilling. He just he's just like really sick when he comes home and and then, like, Leslie gives him the talk, and he says, your vagina will bleed, like, once a month. <laughs> and, like, yeah, and he's like, wait a second, this is the wrong book. This is um, Yeah, it's fine. Um, the next part that I actually legitimately laughed at, like, they cut back to Lou Landers's facility, which is just, like, he's supposed to become, like, a Green Goblin kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this guy's just like, this guy's a blowhard. He's, like, looking at a painting of Lou Landers. He's like, this guy's a blowhard. He's just full of shit, and he's just so full of himself. And then it's just <laughs> Lou Landers, like, standing in a in a window. It's not actually a painting, and it's just, like, the back of it is lit like it's a painting. <laughs> I thought that was actually pretty funny, like, it's just visual humor. But, like, <laughs> it's just so stupid. I love, like, stupid humor, but... Like, those things work really well. Like, I'd love to see, like, the Zuckers make another movie, but they just have to cut out all these jokes that, like, really don't work anymore. We had this conversation before where I told you my theory where they're going to make a movie and it'll be just all about woke culture and how much they hate it now. Yeah, I don't know about the Zuckers because I think they're, like, legitimately really funny, Mm. but I was going to say something similar where it's just, like, yeah, some sort of Joker-like reaction. (laughs) More, Tyler. What happens? I don't know. (laughs) More. He's like looking. He's like Googling something. He's on Facebook at some point. He's on YouTube at another point. And it's all just like, it's all just like, there's so much product placement in this movie. And I'm like, is this like, did they get the permission for this? Because they also parody like the Fantastic Four by saying like, I'm the human torch. I'm like, did they have the rights to do that? Like, I I don't understand how this movie works. I almost dropped all my notes on the the floor. (laughs) You're just so angry. But uh, he's looking at back at his dad because his dad died or whatever. <laughs> and right. His little flip book was kind of funny until it wasn't. Yeah. But it's just like like two out of three were pretty funny. Or it's like he opens it. It's like just replicating boobies. Like his dad's writing on a great white. <laughs> I always thought you live forever, dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's just like writing a great white shark. And then he flips it again. And it's him playing Russian roulette like in Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. So it's just the deer hunter. Mm-hmm. And then the next one, he's... Dressed as, like, a KKK member, like, amongst a bunch of, like, African-Americans. And they're just like, this is really bad. Like, yep. it's not... I don't understand. It's like, the connotation of that is, okay, I guess your dad does deserve to die, and he's a raging racist. Yeah, and then I think this just follows up with more and more... I don't want this to be too repetitive, no. but, like you said... Was it you that said that, or Turin in Spider-Man 1, where it's, like, their windows are lined up, him and Mary Jane's? Uh, I think I said it, and then Turin elaborated on it. Yeah, so basically, this movie just goes on that because it's just an easy joke to make where it's like 
Rick Riker's just a huge perv and is like looking at her change like through the window. Mm-hmm. It's just like, okay, I guess this is a joke. Like, yep. but <laughs> basically how this movie is kind of like a third of this movie is pretty funny. Maybe like a fifth of this movie is pretty funny and like three fifths are really, really like, Ugh. and then like one f- other fifth is like just a lot of plot going on. That's like really not necessary. With like, we have to be like Spider-Man one. Hold on. But, uh, yeah, so he's all pervy, and then there's a bunch of Stephen Hawking jokes. Quotation uh, mark jokes. About, you know, Stephen Hawking, he was in a wheelchair, and he was just talking about wanting to kill himself every day, and then makes a joke about lesbians or something, and mm-hmm. it's just, like, really all in poor taste. It's very and upsetting. It's like, oh, that's the point, just being, like, really wild about Stephen Hawking. It's like... Yeah, I mean, I feel like this wasn't even that funny back then. But <laughs> and he's just and he's like really horny apparently too. It, it's a yeah. lot, and they reuse Stephen Hawking as a surprising amount. There was a really funny part at this like convention or whatever that they're at, where it's like a science convention at the high school, and he's like for some reason Drake Bell's going really slow, and then his his uh bully is just like watch where you're going in slow mo, dipshit. Yeah, that <laughs> it's like, works yeah, that's good. pretty funny. <laughs> And then uh, he gets knocked over, and his hands get stuck on in, on a woman's boobs. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. So funny. And then he rips off his hands off. His hands get stuck on the shirt, like, rips off. Except that there's, like, boob-sized holes in her shirt. It's so funny. It's hilarious. And then it launches Stephen Hawking into killer bees. And he just goes, ow. But he, and he survives. <laughs> I mean, God bless yeah. Stephen Hawking. I guess he's cursed with a sort of immortality, because the bees are killer, and marked as such. Yeah, he just keeps going. Oh, my God, I'm yawning. <laughs> he just keeps coming back. See, how can keeps coming back. Like sometimes, in a different... Tyler, sometimes I feel like when we do this one-on-one, you yawn a little bit more. Maybe you care a little bit less. Is it me? It's more so that, like, there's two of us. So I have to, yeah. I have to do more things. I have to use my words more, and I don't like to use my words, even though I almost said wards. I can there's see a reason why. why I shouldn't, there's a reason why I shouldn't have a podcast. <laughs> One, I can't speak very well. Two, I get like really lazy. Wait, did I, how many reasons did I say? Three, Three. like I'm not funny. <laughs> Again, these are hailing as our most self-deprecating episodes. I believe Mystery of the Blues was like this too. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like hopefully you edited out all the terrible jokes I had on Spider-Man 3 because some of them just really didn't work. I think I made a few dumb ones too so keep them all in and just make them really loud just like blow out the mics with them yeah we'll just like but uh yeah i don't know i'd love to hear everyone's feedback on this movie not that i'm wrapping it up right now but is there anybody out there who's seen this movie that like really enjoys it and like you know give me like tweet at us at franchise pod if you like superhero movie or even Um, seen it yeah (laughs) i'm sure Wait, oh yeah, because you saw Meet the Spartans in theaters. I saw Meet the Spartans in theater. Yeah, that's continued to haunt me. Yeah, I never saw any of these in theaters, but like I said before, I saw Epic Movie in... Uh, I rented it from the local video <laughs> store, which is called My Video Store. Oh, there you rest go. In, rest in peace. Yeah, that was definitely the time of all these parody movies, and I'm just so fascinated by... I don't know, man. Like A lot of these made pretty good money for like not being that funny. No, I feel but... like it's it's stuff people watch where they're like, Oh man, I missed my showtime for whatever I wanted to go see. Oh well, that's out. That that looks funny. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what happened to me with Meet the Spartans. Yep, that's true. <laughs> so there's another pretty funny bit where 
Drake Bell like is climbing up the wall like Spider-Man in the first movie. He's like learning his powers and then he just starts breakdancing on the wall. <laughs> and it's like not only is it pretty funny, but it's technically impressive because they're doing what they did on Spider-Man where it's like like the bricks are probably the floor, you know? Mm-hmm. But he's just like breakdancing all over the place. And then a cat runs up the wall. <laughs> yeah. And uh yeah, I'm just sighing a lot and saying and uh, a lot. <laughs> I had to make a conscientious effort. I, I really wanted to do this for Spider-Man 3. I wanted to not say uh, and, or like, or yeah that much. And so I haven't fully edited it yet, but I'm going to see if I accomplish my task at least a little bit. I'd like to think that I say like a lot less than like the first episode, but I guess we'll find out. We'll be really nervous the first episode. Uh, it, it's I'm like still a nervous. Oh. Um, More! <laughs> More. <laughs> are you just uh, Adam Driver? Yeah. More! <laughs> where are we in this movie? You tell me, man. Let's just skip a part. Like, okay, so there's a part where Rick Riker saves some old lady from getting hit by a truck. Like, oh, you saved her! And then, like, she, he looks over and she's just in a wood chipper. I'm like, that's kind of funny, too. And he just yeah. keeps looking back and, like, the dog that she was walking is slowly getting into the wood chipper, too. And it's, like, terrifying. That's a true horror. Yeah, that's pretty funny. So uh, maybe the director of Deadpool 2 watched this and said, uh, or the writer, because <laughs> that happens in Deadpool 2 also. Uh, Deadpool's so funny. It's hilarious. He's such a, he's such a melty, funny guy. He's such a good comic character. Now we're going to get people <laughs> one out of five. They don't like Deadpool. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't like Deadpool. Sue me. I like pretty much every other character. So, Connery, tell me whether or not you loved the Batman parody scene. Oh, that was pretty good. I did enjoy that. <laughs> like, that's like the most genius thing in this movie, basically, where it's like, he's basically giving a speech where it's just like, his, it's like a, you know, so it's like little baby Bruce Wayne going out to like Crime Alley. Because for some, why did they ever go to Crime Alley in the first place in Batman? Like, instead of going out the front. They leave the opera out of the side exit because probably the Waynes feel too rude to like walk out the front door. I don't know. <laughs> but anyways they're walking out and like it's like a flashback to when they died and they're basically just like oh with great power comes great responsibility i forget what they say exactly but he says like anyone can be a hero like when it's your time to be a hero you'll know <laughs> yeah so he says it to a little kid and then somebody comes out with a knife to like rob them it's and a then gun. It's a gun. oh yeah with a gun it is a gun and then it plays back in little bruce wayne's head again little rick Riker's head again immediately and just like the lack of time between the two things is hilarious because that just does happen in like every single superhero movie where like they think back on something mm-hmm. that was told to them so i thought that was actually really clever and i thought that was very out for an eight-year-old too to be like oh now is my moment it's time <laughs> so he just goes and attacks the guy and all the bullets just end up getting into his parents like shot a lot and so his dad's on the his dad's on like the ground he's like rick come here reach into my pocket and then <laughs> the gun goes off again like, oh, like, the other pocket, pocket. So there's like actually that's why uh, you know this movie's not a complete uh, bust. There's still some good stuff. It is good, or it has good bits to it at least. Yeah, um, and then he, uh, I don't even remember where he goes. Like why this flashback is relevant because there is like too much story in this movie. I think he's like but, talking uh, about his parents for some reason. He's like, my parents. I remember when they died. And... Oh yeah, because he's talking to Aunt to Mary Jane or whatever yeah. the equivalent her name is in this, and then it does like a family guy like flashback <laughs> and then 
And then she gets into a car because uh, Flash Gordon or whatever, Flash Thompson, just like in the movie, like there's not even a joke there. It's just like the same scene from mm. Spider-Man. Except his car is a little bit more sensible because it has a top on it in New York City. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she runs in and then he like uses Google again and types in and is looking for cars for $300 and it says Nissan shitbox. <laughs> and I'm like... I'm also just like, I don't know, can you get away with all this stuff? Like, can you just say Nissan and then, like, say it's terrible, like, in a movie? Like, do they have the rights to Nissan? Like, all that stuff made well, me, like, the employees I was of thinking Nissan about it. come to your house and break your legs, and I guess they're willing to take that risk. Yeah. I don't really know. I guess. I mean, they obviously didn't get in trouble for it. I guess a <laughs> Nissan shitbox is an actual car. But uh, I did kind of like when he's, like, on the web at MD equivalent, where he's <laughs> just, like, looking for what's wrong with him or whatever when he first got powers. Mm-hmm. It's like, are you a virgin? He's like, no. And it's like, are you sure? <laughs> like, it just keeps doing. All these it's okay. I'm boxes. a doctor. You you can tell me. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, yes. And it's like, haha, loser. And it's like, like it wasn't that funny, but just thinking of that, it's like in my head. I don't know. It's kind of funny. And then he gets a message from Tracy Morgan, who plays, you know, you know Tracy Morgan. Yeah. Like, I always, I love him. Thirty Rock. Um, Thirty Rock <laughs> got hit by a Walmart truck a few years ago and now he makes jokes about it so it's fine to bring up okay that's good (laughs) but uh (laughs) he's like trying to send messages to to rick because he has superpowers and he's like he's basically professor xavier (laughs) and his messages keep getting cut off he's like something something superpowers something and it just keeps getting worse and worse and more cut off and then he's just like two girls one cup and then it ends (laughs) (laughs) rick's just like what just makes another weird reaction. Yeah, but. Drake Bell has to like master the confused face throughout this movie. Yep. And then they go to the bank to get money to get a car with Aunt May. Mm-hmm. And then they let the robbers go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of. He's yeah. Like, oh, dang it. I shouldn't have done that. And then he hears two gunshots outside. <laughs> this is another part I actually liked a lot. With the dancing <laughs> monkey. <laughs> hey, don't spoil it. <laughs> They go, he goes outside, runs out, sees a crowd. And, like, I did expect to just see Uncle Ben again or whatever, like Leslie Nielsen. Mm. And then it's just they're all this crowd and looking at this monkey with a fez, like, dancing around. <laughs> and it's just more just really stupid humor. Um, and then it's like, oh, I thought somebody got, like, I heard gunshots. Like, yeah, there's some, like, de- dying old guy over there. <laughs> and, like, no one's paying attention. It's pretty good. And then, uh, I don't know. I feel like the rest of this movie is just kind of... There's too much to go over. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, it's a lot of static. Like, I think you highlighted a lot of the good parts of this movie. <laughs> like, the X-Men scene is really weird. Uh, yeah, like, the rest of the stuff is just pretty weird. Like, and then it's, like, Xavier's school and for, like, the gifted. But the parody, I guess, is Xavier's school for the non-Asian gifted. I'm just like, Ooh. ugh, is that even a joke? Like, no, it's just racist. It's just like, <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, what is? Pamela Anderson is Invisible Girl. Yeah. Uh, Professor X, his whole family is bald and in wheelchairs. That's pretty funny. <laughs> that is kind of funny. <laughs> uh, there's a PerezHilton.com reference. There's a Tom Cruise being wild reference. I, You know what? I um, did like that joke a lot. Where he's like, I can fly. I can fly. And then like, this is Tom Cruise dead. Can't fly. Yeah. But they also had no idea that Tom Cruise is actually invincible. And he is now planning on going into outer space for a movie. Is that the new Mission Impossible? No, it's like a different movie where oh. he's like, he's like, NASA and SpaceX apparently are working to like with Tom Cruise on this movie so that they can shoot in outer space. Okay. 
Yeah, because Tom Cruise is just a, like the wildest guy alive. Yeah, he's a wild and crazy guy. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's doing it with... Uh... Why do I want to say Martin Sheen? That's not his name. <laughs> I need more details. Who, who is responsible? Steve Martin. Steve, Steve Martin. Martin is doing this? No! You just said wild and crazy guy. So oh. <laughs> He's just playing banjo in outer space. Um, the joke of tritium is cerulean, but like, that's also not a pun. No, it's a rhyme. He, he's drinking this giant thing that's like a big gulp, but it's called, uh, I wrote it down, but I don't remember. Just like, oh, mega thirst. Oh, the mega big gulp. thirst. I, like, I'm surprised they didn't call it like thick chug or something like that. Yeah, because big gulp's actually a funnier word than that. Mm-hmm. It's like cerulean, like Avatar has a funnier name for its like thing, unobtainium. Yeah. <laughs> That is like, just that a funny word. That sounds like a parody thing. <laughs> Unobtainium. I forgot that was what they called it. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to go back to that place when the second one releases and we do a show about that. Avatar 2 and Avatar 3 and Avatar 4. Right. Right. It's the new Star Wars. I always forget. Avatar 5, Avatar 6, Avatar 7. And Avatar 8. I'm really impressed that like Sam Worthington's still like the main character in that, like... He hasn't done too much since, you know, but like James Cameron's just like, this is the guy still, you know? And we're like, okay. I mean, at least it's cons- it'll be consistent, I guess. Yeah, hopefully those are good. <laughs> I'm actually excited. I'm, I've am i been excited for Avatar 2 because when people just make fun of a series for a long time, I'm kind of like, you know what? I don't know. Avatar 1's fine. <laughs> like, I mean, it was really impressive when it came out. Mm. I haven't had like a strong urge to see it again, but like, I feel like if they made... When, they, when the second one comes out, like, I don't know, I have faith in James Cameron. What about you? Uh, I remember feeling very moderate emotions after I saw the first Avatar. Like, it definitely, it's beautiful. It's a technological achievement. I'll, I always I always give it praise for that. But other than that, I really even left the theater the first time being like, that was okay. And But I feel like a lot of that had to do with the hype that was surrounding it so much. So I, I feel like yeah. it was just impossible to really exceed my expectations. That is, like, one of the f- few movies that I saw in 3D in theaters, which I mm. haven't done in years, but a uh, few movies I saw in 3D that was actually, like, worth it, <laughs> and it looked, like, amazing and blew my mind in 2009, but I saw it a second time in theaters, I think I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's still good, but it's, it's uh, it doesn't have a really extended fart joke scene like superhero movie does. No. Like uh, when Aunt May just farts and farts and farts and farts. Aunt May's just blasting into a candle, causing a flamethrower. <laughs> it's a lo- that seems a bit much. Yeah, I showed it. I showed it to Lily, who hopefully she doesn't get annoyed by this, but by me saying this. But I will say she's a fan of a good fart joke. <laughs> Everyone is. There's nobody that's not a fan of a good fart joke. Like really, come on. Yeah. Whoever doesn't like fart jokes, you're just PC culture, man. You're uncultured. That's what you are. <laughs> um, and I showed her the scene, and then after watching it, she's like, hmm, an unmotivated fart joke scene. <laughs> it's like, yes, there is artistry to a fart joke. Like, yeah. It's funny. Like, she made me think about that. And, uh, like, Swiss Army Man, all the fart jokes and that and stuff. The fart jokes and Swiss Army Man are all good. <laughs> yeah. You got anything else to say about this movie? There's a MySpace joke. Yeah, there's a MySpace joke. Uh, the ending is bizarre. It it has very strange emotions attached to it. I don't understand. I sat there this morning watching it, and I was just... I laughed a couple times. There, they had, they had some good jokes to it, but 
other than that, I sat there and was like, wow, this is it's definitely a movie that's trying really, really hard to be funny. Yeah. Um, who else was involved in this movie that I was like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, Jeffrey Tambor. Yeah, because Jeffrey Tambor's in a scene where he's just like, it's like a very like 80s like Zucker kind of joke where he's just like, because uh, Aunt May's in the hospital or something. And he's just like, I'm about to do a breast exam. Like Jeffrey Tambor is the doctor. And he's like about to put yeah. his hands mm-hmm. on like Mary Jane's boobs. And it's just like, Ugh, God, uh, <laughs> like on top of everything, it's Jeffrey Tambor who like got in trouble on Transparent. And then mm. this movie is also produced by Harvey Weinstein, but you could say that about a lot of movies too. Mm-hmm. He just uh, there's a there's like a game that I've I heard about that goes around with movies like this or that like aren't funny most of the time, but really try to be. Or there's like a joke every probably fifteen thirty seconds. <laughs> And the game is that you have to laugh at every <laughs> single joke that the Why movie makes. Why did you tell makes, me this before? And you, and you slowly go insane. Because <laughs> you shouldn't do it alone. It's like something we should do together when the quarantine is up and watch one of these and like force ourselves into doing this and get bored of it like 30 minutes in. We should in. do an audio commentary. Just laughing at every single joke that's like really just like <laughs> foul nowadays. Hey, I just, I just found out the guy who's pointing at the quote-unquote painting of Lou Landers is Dan Castellaneta. He voices Homer Simpson. The subject of our next episode on this on the Simpsons movie. Mm, delicious segue. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing better with segues this time. You are. You're, you're rock solid this I'm time. I'm crying dude. right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. This movie is 82 minutes long, just like the Starving Games. There's a bunch of bloopers <laughs> during the credits to pad out the movie so that it's appropriate for movie release. Oh, wow. I stopped watching. Oh, yeah, none of them are funny. It's just padding out stuff. Jeez. It's like a good eight minutes of bloopers because this movie ends at like the 80-minute mark. It ends in the same weird note that Spider-Man 3 does. Uh, yeah. Where it's like he hugs Mary Jane and then it cuts to No, black. they like explode. Oh, they get they, they get hit by a helicopter. Oh, right. But pretty similar. Oh, right. They hit by a helicopter. That's dumb. So they're just dead? Yep. So it ends. Wow. That's a cynical view of superheroes. <laughs> What a statement. Yeah, it's like Incredibles. Don't wear a cape. (laughs) Don't grow insect wings and fly into a helicopter. So uh, I don't have much else to say. I wrote down, I like when he pee. Oh, that part was funny. When he's on the ceiling, it's the blood scene in Spider-Man 1, but he just has to pee really, really bad. Yeah, so he's just, Lou Landers keeps looking behind him and then looking forward, and then he's just peeing all over the place, like peeing down from the ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it is really it is really gross but it still made me laugh after watching capone and seeing like the piss fly everywhere i was like the visceral realness that would be involved in, like cleaning up the piss and uh. <laughs> yeah pair this movie with capone <laughs> a delicious the, dish the pee and poop duology the duality of man is piss and poop. yeah thanks for listening this far in and then hearing that and being like oh i'm giving this podcast one out of five stars Tell it, you, you're like imagine people actually rating us like come on man <laughs> we have five <laughs> reviews hey everybody uh please for, remember to review this podcast <laughs> why do you sound so defeated <laughs> give it five stars <laughs> oh my god Oh my god! Um, I totally forgot to recommend movies in the beginning of this podcast. Well, we just really wanted to get this over with. Let's make recommendations. We really did. Now. Um, what do you? What? How would you? <laughs> hey, before we do that, how would you rank this movie sure. between Starving Games, Ooh. Mystery of the Blues, and superhero movie? Our bonus, 
our bonus episode franchise. This is going to get it to be a much longer segment, I feel like, as time goes on. Yeah, we have to do it every single time so that the last bonus episode is four hours long. <laughs> I really enjoy that. I'm getting, like, a mega list of, like, our yeah. rankings. That's kind of hysterical. We sh- Let's keep that in mind. Write that down. Uh, so I will argue that my number one ranking is Mystery of the Blues. Wow. Really? My, yeah. Really, I think it has a more of a coherent story than either of these. There's so much in that movie that's painful, though. I, but it's like a pain I can laugh at and like be a masochist about more so than these other two. And Elliot Nash is such like a spaz throughout it that it gives me strength. (laughs) Um, Followed by superhero movie, and then last place is still Starving Games. Mm. How about you, my friend? I think superhero movie is number one because there's a couple parts that are actually pretty funny. Not that Mystery of the Blues is supposed to be funny at all, but, like, it's just so long. It's really, it feels like <laughs> it's really, really long. And I might be take not taking that into account because I maybe have blocked the length of that and just being so bored yeah, watching it. and I, uh, I'm disappointed by how little Harrison Ford's in it, but at least Jeffrey Wright's good in it, but I'm going to stick to it. Superhero movie number one, Mystery of the Blues number two, Starving mm. Games far number three. Oof, sorry, Starving Games. Maybe one of these days you'll be knocked up a rank. <laughs> yeah, if we watch a worse movie, possibly by the same <laughs> filmmakers. Oof-a-doofa. But, you know, maybe, that, maybe that's the worst one. I'm just trying to, yeah. like, not be mean to anybody too much. <laughs> yeah, you need to work. Yeah, I do need to work. <laughs> do Help. We're still in quarantine. Um, do you have anything yeah. to recommend, Connery? Uh, I think I maybe mentioned at the beginning of this, I am currently watching Venom. I'm not done with it yet, but I am greatly enjoying it. And I felt like I had to watch it because Lily was going to take away my superhero nerd card if I didn't. So, yeah, I'm, I'm watching it. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. If you somehow haven't seen it yet, watch Venom. Oh, uh, dude, you haven't seen The Phantom with Billy Zane? You're not a real nerd. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> what about you, Tyler? Any, anything to recommend? Do you... Are you? Do you recommend the first third of Venom? Is that what your recommendation is? Yeah, my, my recommendation is the first third of Venom, and uh, I played, I, I beat the new Spider-Man game this morning as well, and Ooh. I, of course, recommend that. It's two years old, but play it if you have the chance. I, Tyler, I wish you could play yeah. it, and but yeah, it's, I'm pretty sure it's like a Sony-exclusive thing, so you probably won't be able to unless you get a PS system. Yeah, at this point, I'll just wait for a PS5, but... I have a Switch, so I basically just play games five years too late. I'm like, this game's really good. And everyone's like, we know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me to recommend, on Amazon Prime right now, Tank Girl from 1995. Uh, you ever seen that, Connery? I not- saw it like a long time ago, like maybe like 10 years ago. I think I rented that from the video store too. <laughs> but um, mm. it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's it was, you know, it's based on the comics from the 80s and 90s, yep. the British comic, mm-hmm. uh, which was drawn by the guy who would go on to animate for the band Gorillaz. So I really like that, oh. like, cartoon style, and the movie uses a lot of, like, cartoon uh, comic book panels and stuff. Oh, and it has, like, a lot of just, like, really, like, cartoony sensibilities, but in, like, a real world. I feel like it's kind of like a mix between Mad Max and, like, Waterworld or something, but way better mm-hmm. than Waterworld. <laughs> And it's it's just kind of like a really fun like feminist romp like that uh, Rachel Rachel Talalay directed it, um, and she's done mostly TV since since then. Um, but uh, and Lori Petty plays Tank Girl, and Naomi Watts is like her best friend in it, 
I don't know. They had something weird stuff with kangaroos near the end. Mutant kangaroo people. But overall, I like the movie a lot. It's really campy and a lot of fun. Malcolm McDowell's a villain, which is always great for me. Um, and so, yeah, check it out on Amazon Prime. I think it's definitely worth checking out if you want to just, like, watch something campy. And the uh, soundtrack is really good, too. Sick. That made me remember today that I finally got to go to the comic book store for the first time in a while, probably a month and a half since quarantine started. And they're wearing masks. Only six people are allowed in at a time. But I had so much fun getting picking up my books again and getting able to sit down and actually read them today. Felt so good and nice. So that's a nice little memory I like to share and just. That's awesome. Here. So you got like a huge stack compared to normal, or I, yeah, I really did. I, I probably had like a, I had the gigantic stack, and I wanted to start reading Ascender a too. So I have volume one of that, and then I picked up the rest in a the comic book form. Nice. So yeah, but yeah, big thick stack. Oh yeah, iced teas and tank girl also. As as a kangaroo oh, man. Worth it. <laughs> that stuff I like quite a bit, but it also just is like, alright, I don't want to look at these kangaroo people the whole time. Well, there's your there's your mandatory viewing for the Yeah, check out Tank Girl and check out Tank Girl on Amazon Prime and the first third of Venom on wherever you can find it. And stop as soon as he becomes Venom. Stop. <laughs> Did you know Josh movie. Trank was at first uh, approach to direct Venom? I don't ah, know the Capone that. connection. Ah, there it is. Venom would have been pooping himself a whole lot more. Ah, <laughs> uh, I just looked up the Phantom. It's not available on Prime anymore for free. Oh, uh, what about the Spirit? <laughs> the, sp- the Spirit's really bad. <laughs> it is. I saw that in theaters too. <laughs> What are your thoughts on Sin City? Uh, I liked it. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Yeah. The second one's like kind of very whatever. Let's Same. just keep talking about random movies. <laughs> sure, I'm into it. Um, it's the bonus episode. We can do whatever we want. I also want to leave. All right, then fine. Stop talking to me then. Sign us off. <laughs> I have literally nothing else to talk about. <laughs> I was trying, I was I was trying to off. recommend something else. I have nothing to recommend. <laughs> It's been a day since we've seen each other. We haven't like, done Everyone, anything. Everyone, just be safe out there. All right, well, that's our <laughs> review on Phantom of the Paradise, Mystery of the Blues. That All right. Superhero movie. All right, that's our review on superhero movie. Uh, You're going to have a brain aneurysm <laughs> on one of these, I swear to God. God, just me trying to keep track of our schedule last episode was terrible, but... <laughs> it's not even a review of superhero movie. That's our episode on superhero movie. Uh, next up, we have a one episode on the Simpsons movie, which I'll justify as a franchise, because if you're <laughs> series, TV series, that's franchise itself, but it's also in a theme park, a whole world of Simpsons materials in a theme park, so, but we're mainly doing it. I seconded this, Yeah, so it's okay. <laughs> I'm just railing against all those, uh, <laughs> uh, what's the word, all those straw men out there that I'm just constantly justifying myself against. Yeah, these invisible people you feel like are attacking you and don't All even All these wicker yet. men. And notice how I say, yet, because they're coming. <laughs> Let them fight. Let them fight. Uh, yeah, we're doing Simpsons movie because we're celebrating the end of the horrible reign of cropped aspect ratio on Disney Plus of the first 18 seasons of The Simpsons. Um and I'm gonna have so You're much. You're gonna have to so much context. It's because me and my friend Brian uh, McCready have just been texting back and forth for like that's like his favorite thing to text me about. It's just like oh, I was just trying to watch this episode and it's all cropped in and terrible. 
So we're going to have him on the pod. Have I met him before? Uh, I think maybe you did once. Maybe. I, I want to be like, what does he yeah. look like? He then? has a beard, usually. <laughs> He's got or- orange hair. Helpful. Uh, we've given you a good description, people out in the world. Don't good. Pro- I, I, I yeah. know who he is. <laughs> if you see him out in the world. Approach him. Uh, yeah, we're doing that. And then we're going to do our book club on the newest Hunger Games book, which I always forget the name of. Mm-hmm. But uh, A ballad of songbirds and vipers or something along those <laughs> songbirds lines. Songbirds and snakes. So join us for these two episodes <laughs> and for the future. And Connery cut out half this episode. <laughs> Mm, yeah, it'll be 10 minutes left on <laughs> uh, Thanks for joining us. Thanks to Nick Viverka for the music and Grayson Hanson for the artwork. Uh, follow us on Franchise Pod on Twitter and Instagram, where you'll see many of my Photoshop efforts that are oh so, so good. Listen to Starship Impala. <laughs> Which is on any wherever you find podcasts. It's, it's just on, on iTunes. On <laughs> iTunes, Apple Podcasts. All right, thanks, everybody. Yeah, and- yeah, bye. <laughs> Why are you laughing so hard? Are you watching Superhero Movie again? <laughs> we just need an actual sign-up. <laughs> just as like the abrupt buys. It's like really just wearing off. <laughs> what do we say? Turn this <laughs> off. What do we, Turn what it do we off. say? Any who's it? Toodaloo. <laughs> I'm turning it off. <laughs>